So welcome back everyone to another episode of Yoga After Dark. Today I have uh, my buddy Chris, uh, Chris Wrights, who I've, I've known for many years. He and, act he and I actually started uh, Ashtanga around, around the same time many years ago. And he is in New Jersey and I'm sitting here in New York City. And so welcome, Chris, to our, to my little, uh, my little podcast show. How are you doing? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. So, so uh, here's what I'm curious about, first and foremost, is that you have a lot of experience with both the big city of New York and how we do yoga there. Right. And the smaller <laughs> town of New Jersey that you have moved to and how yoga is done there. And so could you tell me, uh, you know, kind of what the differences and the similarities are with the, with the big city folk and the small town folk and what they're looking for and what a studio offers to their, to their clients? Um, well, you know, I think there's, there's some similarities, you know, uh, instead of just like differences right off the bat, like some similarities are that people won't travel uh, for yoga, really. You know, if you're, if you're looking, you know, for Mysore and you're, you know, in the city and you're willing to travel, you know, 45 minutes on the subway or something, that's one thing. Um, but I think typically people like really stick to their neighborhoods when it comes to yoga. I don't, I don't think in the city there's a lot of traveling for it unless like you really had like a, you know, a teacher that you followed, but, you know, for the vast majority of hobbyists, I think, you know, they were just, they just kind of wanted to stay local. Um, so, you know, I, you know, where we are now, it's, you know, it's the same thing. Like people don't travel. Like if there's a yoga studio in their town, that's where they go, you know, occasionally on the weekends or something like that, they'll go take a workshop somewhere else. Um, but you know, it's, it's pretty localized and, and people don't travel. Now, because we've got like a much less population out here, um, you've got a vast variety of wants and needs, but you can't put that many classes on the schedule. Like you can't like build out a massive schedule to accommodate everybody. So your classes become much more community oriented. And by community, I mean like the people that you interact with every single day, you know, in your, in your town or wherever you live. Um, and you, you know, you get to know people on a very personal level and you start catering your classes towards everybody. So, you know, if you're, if you're not of the creative mind, it's going to be tough. Um, so it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. Finding, you know, what works for everybody and what doesn't work. Um, having an early morning Mysore practice definitely doesn't work out, out in the burbs. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that was a challenge. We tried that a couple of times and, uh, after this COVID stuff's over, we're going to try it again. Uh, that oh, was a good, cool. Yeah, was to try a Mysore program out here um, at our new spot, um, but obviously that got put on hold. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I yeah, that's something I you know when when anybody asks me about starting <laughs> yoga, um, you know, because people come up to me all the time and they're like, "Oh, you're a yoga teacher. I really want to get into yoga. How should I begin?" I always just tell them, well, why don't you just find a studio that's close to you? You know, something that's really convenient for you, either near your house or near where you work, because you're just so much more apt to go and do something if you can just walk over there or take a really short ride over there than you are if you actually have to, you know, either get on the subway or get in the car and, and drive for a while. 
I think it just makes a lot more sense. Yeah, if it's a daunting task, you're not going to do it. Like, you know, unless you're like really, really, really motivated. But if you just want to start, you know, learning some basics and everything, it's got to be readily accessible. Um, the good thing is there's so many people that teach yoga now that, you know, it's, it is really, you know, everywhere. It's, so, yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are some similarities and differences. <laughs> well, what are, what are some creative solutions you've needed to come up with uh, for, your, for your business out there? Um, you, you mentioned that you, you have to be of the creative mindset to, to survive. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that one of the things that really came in was with who we have teach at the studio. Um, you know, it's with a smaller studio or just like, you know, e even I guess if it was a bit a larger studio with kind of a bigger population out here, um, you know, obviously not on the scale that you're going to, you know, find in, in the city. Um, you don't, we don't have as many teachers. Um, you know, there's, there's basically just a, a few people um, that teach. So the, the students really get to know their teacher and the teacher really gets to know their students then. So we try not to, to spread the schedule too thin by just like hiring a lot of people and getting like almost too much variety. You know, it's kind of like, this is the schedule. These are your teachers. This is what you get. And <laughs> you got to <laughs> deal with that. If it works for you, fantastic. We've succeeded. And, uh, you know, if you don't like anybody on the schedule or, you know, it hasn't worked after a while, then, then that's the, there's a, you know, an issue that you got to kind of tackle. Um, but I think the main thing is just really keeping the teachers to a, um, just only having a couple teachers there. So that way the, the teachers can work, you know, kind of full time um, and get as many classes as they can, you know, to sustain, you know, kind of a, a yoga teacher livelihood out here. You have one class, you know, and you're getting forty or fifty bucks a pop a week. It ain't gonna work. So, right. yeah, so that that's one of the differences. Okay, um, you know that that's really interesting to me because I've always felt um, I, I've always felt that it's important to be able to see the same teacher over and over and over again. And obviously, I'm coming from an Ashtanga background, and, and most Ashtangis, I think, see the same teacher, you know, almost all the time. Uh, we go out and we do workshops here and there, and, you know, we'll travel for something special, but our primary practice is with the same person all the time. And I find in other uh, systems of yoga or other styles of yoga, I see a lot of, you know, people going from one teacher to another teacher to another teacher to another teacher which honestly just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But then I look at some of the way that studios have set up their schedules and it seems that they're encouraging people to go to multiple teachers, um, which to me seems like you, you wouldn't have the ability to build a relationship with a teacher. And I think that relationship is really important uh are you are you of the same vein as far as that goes yeah yeah i i agree um you know i i first you know i i come from a martial arts background uh that that's my first kind of if you want to call it a practice or whatever but you know you go to your dojo you learn your art form you have your your teacher your sensei whatever you want to call them but you learn from really one person um, you know, and then there's assistants in the room, you know, there's the senpai who's like the second in command, kind of, uh, the second highest or the highest ranking student. And those are the people that you learn from for a very long time. Um, and I think learning like, you know, martial arts from multiple people, multiple times a week would be really, really tough. 
Um, so, you know, when, when I came to Ashtanga yoga and like, there was like one person in the room for four hours every day, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And you know, they were like, yeah, you're going to do the same sequence over and over and over. And it's going to build on itself and you're going to learn this over time. And it's hard now, but it'll get easier later. That really resonated with me as a martial artist. I was like, Oh, okay. So like in martial arts, we have forms or, or katas. Not every martial art has them, but Taekwondo has them. Um, so it's a series of movements that you learn over time. And as you progress, you get harder forms or katas, whatever you want to call them. Um, and it would be very hard to, you know, kind of hone in on your technique and improve slowly over a long period of time if different people were always coming in the room and tweaking things different ways and doing things differently. You know, not that doing things differently are bad. It's not bad at all. But if you're told conflicting information or even differing information while you're trying to build something, it's tough. So I, I absolutely agree with you. It's, it's much easier to learn from one or two people consistently without interruption. Over <laughs> Great. As, as the sage Patanjali says, right. To paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, since you, since you brought up your, your history with, with martial arts, um, could you tell me, you know, what do you think that the the yoga world could learn from the martial arts world and also vice versa you know what could the martial arts world learn from the yoga world oh gosh um okay <laughs> well um you know with they're, they're both dedicated you know it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of practice and it's you know it, it goes far beyond the physical you know in, in both of them um you know in martial arts training you're practicing you know unarmed combat with an opponent and you know that's not it's not realistic combat like if you, if you had real combat there'd be guns and knives and bombs and that whole thing so it's like why do this um and it's because over a long period of time it, it enriches you you know it gives you something much deeper than just punches and kicks and chokes and arm locks and throws and all that stuff um so you know with just a a yoga practice in the beginning, you know, I'd say it's good for, you know, back care, joint care, breathing, things like that. Um, but over time, like, you know, your, your body's going to deteriorate no matter what. You'll have it a little bit longer, yeah, if you, if you do yoga for a long period of time. Um, but hopefully, you know, it offers you something, you know, a lot deeper um, with consistent practice. Um, and, and it's the same thing with martial arts. Um, what the martial arts world could learn from the yoga world. It's interesting. Um, I gotta think about that for a minute. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure. Like right off the bat. I mean, well, one thing is like, I think the, you know, people that do martial arts, especially jujitsu, like you absolutely should have yoga like, as a, a secondary type of practice or thing, you know, and I'm, I'm extremely biased, you know, with this. Um, <laughs> but like in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is the main art form, you know, the main martial art that I do, um, it's a grappling art, and it, it's focused predominantly on ground fighting. Like, so you're on the ground when you do it, um, and your joints are getting manipulated in, in terrible directions, your neck is getting squeezed, and, you know, essentially your, your breath is being disrupted, and your joints are moving in directions that they shouldn't go. So I think one of the main things that we're trying to achieve with Ashtanga Yoga is moving your joints in the correct way they go while honing in on your breath and really cultivating that. So, you know, if you're gonna 
do one, you should really balance it out with the other. So that's where I found that, you know, Ashtanga yoga has been invaluable for me uh, in jujitsu. Um, it really just like puts things back together and it and allows me to breathe under high pressure circumstances in jujitsu. Um, yeah. Gotcha. I've always, you know, I, I said to people, because uh, you know, students come to me and they ask me, you know, I really, I really love running, but I'm afraid that running is going to get in the way of my yoga practice. Should I keep running or stop running or weightlifting or whatever else they're doing? And I've always told people that yoga tends to make everything else easier and everything else tends to make yoga harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, if you like running and, like, you like jujitsu, like, you shouldn't give those up just to do yoga, because then you're going to forget at some point why you took up yoga if you just start getting obsessed with, like, kind of just that. Does that make sense? That makes total sense, and I completely right. agree with you. Yeah, like, um, there have been times where I've, you know, I've, I've solely focused on jujitsu and martial arts, and, you know, yoga's kind of taken a back seat for a bit. And when I finally, you know, really carved out time to, for my yoga practice, I was like, oh, God, like, why did I ever stop this, you know? Mm. And then there were times where, like, you know, if I'm working on a particular pose, which is like, yeah, like, sometimes you have to just, like, you know, go tooth and nail at something if you, you want to accomplish it. Just for the sake of accomplishing it, I'd back off on, you know, some of my martial arts practices or lifting or running, you know, something on the side that would say tightening my hips up, mm -hmm. you know? get the pose you achieve it for a while you develop proficiency you go back to your other thing and you're you've you've lost proficiency in that so there's that there's that balance and it's just like you can't get greedy like really either way i like that you can't get greedy that yeah. makes a lot that makes a lot of sense to me and and that goes you know into the yoga sutras too the whole like aparigraha thing with the not grasping at uh, at stuff you know if you yeah, if you get a bit too greedy with these things, you're just going to end up messing yourself up. And you're probably going to mess yourself up not only physically, but mentally and emotionally, I, w I would imagine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, in, in jujitsu, we have ranks. There's, there's five belts and there's four ranks in between. You can get little stripes on your belt, little pieces of tape. Um, <laughs> people, you know, practice tooth and nail to get those pieces of tape on their belt so they can rank up and, and get to the next rank. Um, and, you know, one of the things I, I asked, you know, students in the beginning, I was like, if you didn't get a belt or get a stripe ever, ever again, would you still do this? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that kind of makes them think a bit. And it's the same thing, I think, with Ashtanga. Like, if you knew, like, okay, you're not going to progress past this certain point for whatever reason, would yeah. you keep doing it? Um, yeah. You know, and the, the answer better be yes. If it's, if it's no, no. Yeah. <laughs> find something else to do <laughs> yeah you'll just find something else and go through the same cycle again yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean there's there's always there's always another asana and those asanas they just get they just get harder and harder and and sillier and sillier so you i think you do get to a point where you're just like ah you know i really i really do have quite enough to do and, yeah and yeah the, absolutely yeah desire for for more starts to fall off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think especially now with like what we're dealing with, with just not being able to go and see each other and practice and, 
and do that that's like man like if if there was never ever a jiu-jitsu competition again or you know that i'd be happy just to go in every day and practice like i miss it so much it's it's like it sucks <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it, it is a beautiful i mean it's a beautiful thing that you you get that realization that this is an important thing for you and this is something that you do for yourself and that it really doesn't matter if there are you know if there's going to be a competition or reward at the end or or little right. pieces of tape on your on your shiny belt you know it's just it's it's really something you're doing for you and that, that's a, a really beautiful thing to to understand and to yes that's for yourself and it 100 percent requires other people like i you know i can do as many you know you know body weight exercises as i want that mimic jujitsu but i i need other people and i you know with ashtanga or just yoga like you can't do anything on your own someone has to show you something whether or not they're physically touching you or not someone has to show you how to do these things um you know and it's it's great that it can be done over zoom right now and we can see or or facetime whatever you know shout out to zoom um zoom, <laughs> zoom caused this by the way i'm convinced uh, <laughs> there's sure. there's conspiracy theories abounding at the moment <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure there's there's something they did no uh, just kidding zoom don't shut us down right now this is going <laughs> we need you you're always listening <laughs> yeah um but someone has to show you how to do these things and you know everything is just slightly out of reach until someone gives you a hand um, with jujitsu and yoga and with everything else so we we're, we're all here for our own our own purposes to help each other so great so you as a as a business owner as someone who owns a martial arts studio a yoga studio um tell me you know what are what are your biggest struggles in the in the yoga studio business and um and how are you uh how are you dealing how are you dealing with these struggles and let's pretend that we're not in our in quarantine land at the moment let's like oh the clock a little bit and go back to you know uh, yeah quote unquote normal life in that, <laughs> in that context yeah i mean i i think you know just you wanna the the human mind has a a tendency to just want to innovate and create new things and and find you know kind of different ways to do something very simple um but in in reality like with with yoga, I think it's just like offering like the most authentic thing possible and making, you know, or, or hopefully, you know, showing your students that like, yes, like this is like pure authentic yoga or as, as best as you can give it to them, you know, mm -hmm. and, and hope that they stick around. Uh, first and yeah, that, that's a number one is just keeping your, your students coming in like that's and, and happy and, not that that's like a, I don't know. It's not hard to do, but it is hard to do at the same time. You know what I mean? How is it? How is it? Um. So you, so you mentioned okay. So you mentioned authentic yoga, which uh, which I don't want to get into that big no. about what authentic yoga is. Um, we can save that for you know having coffee or a couple beers together at some point when we're when we're out of quarantine, but. Uh, um, if you're if you're teaching, you know, uh, yoga practice that that you think 
you feel is authentic. Um, yes. That's given you something. That's what you want to offer to your students. How do you get your students to come back uh, and to, and to um, continue to patronize your business um, if maybe they don't think that's exactly the right thing for them? Um, well, I don't think I have the answer for that. Uh, <laughs> it, I definitely don't. I mean, it's just like trying to be as authentic as a person and teacher, I think, as you can first, you know, not, um, not putting any sort of bravado or anything into it and just letting them see the practice for what it is. And if they stick around, fantastic, then you've succeeded. And if they don't and you have to shut your doors or something, then that's okay too. I think that's pretty good. I think that's a great answer. To be, to be authentic with yourself and authentic with, with what you're giving. I think, I think people would resonate with that. Yeah. I, I think it's like as a teacher is just keeping up with your own practice, number one, and, and still finding that like the, the newness every day or every week and what it brings because if you know you don't keep up with your practice because of the needs of the business like you know there's times where it just gets it gets very busy and you can lose your way a little bit uh, at least i found that with myself um i don't know if you've found that um but, <laughs> but yeah it really like loses its magic when you lose your way a little bit or you just kind of let the practice fall by the wayside like it's like you're like why am i doing this um, but then when you, when you stay consistent and it's, it's fun and enjoyable and new and in martial arts, we call it like, you know, you have a, like that white belt mindset, like every day is brand new and fun and wondrous. And you're like, I still don't get this, but you just keep coming back for whatever reason. You're kind of, you know, just, you're not really seeing everything that's happening, but you know, it's great. And that's why you want to be there. So I think maintaining that is, that's the toughest thing. So it's, I don't. And I think if you do that, you'll be able to give your most authentic self to your, your students and to the studio. Great. So then tell me, how do you do that? Give me all the secrets. Oh, gosh. I don't <laughs> <laughs> The secrets? Yeah. I want to hear all, I want all your secrets. <laughs> Clean the toilets, wash the mats, um, you know, deal with emails in a timely manner. Um, and yeah, and, and make sure you get plenty of sleep and take your vacations when you need to. Um, because if you don't do all that, then, you know, it just kind of grinds you, grinds you to the ground. <laughs> yeah. So make, make sure you manage your own time well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If it, right. Yeah. And give a little bit to yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you, you give so you give so much of yourself, you know, to to students and then, you know, they give so much back to you, too. I'm not saying that, like, you're giving more than anybody. That's definitely not the case. Um, but because, like, there's so much output, you have to make sure that, you know, you recharge your batteries and that you give yourself a bit of downtime and not feel guilty about it. I don't know. I think I struggle with that, too, where it's like, OK, I'm not doing anything right now. Like what? Like what's going on? Like, there's got to be an email that's got to be answered or <laughs> that's got to be fixed or something can get painted or yeah or something like that you know there's always that more 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 kind of chit the ready mindset where you just got to kind of relax a little bit <laughs> yeah well you just had a I mean or at least I think it, it looked pretty beautiful from the pictures I saw but you had a 
great trip to Mexico. And I was in Mexico at the same time. We were in different places. Yeah, that was uh, so, yeah, Tulum. Tulum is beautiful. Yeah, I haven't been to Tulum. I was in Puerto Vallarta, but, you know, taking that, taking a little time for yourself is, is absolutely essential, especially if you're going to be in this business that's so incredibly um, relationship heavy, so incredibly heavy on dealing with people all, all the time. Got to take that mental break, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. Cool. So you mentioned, uh, you know, you're out there, you're giving to the students and the students are also giving back. And it's, you know, it's all kind of happening in this, uh, in this space that you're providing. Um, so what, you know, what is the, is the purpose of the, of the small town yoga studio? Is it just to teach you know, a yoga practice, or is it a gathering place? Is it a safe space? What What is it? What What is What is your purpose in having a small, a small town studio? Um, it's all of the above. It's I mean, from you know, people that have had, you know, seeking some sort of relief from chronic back pain, um, from some people just wondering like, what's this yoga stuff I see everywhere else? Oh, cool. Now it's here. Let me try it. So it's just kind of like filling that little gap there. Um, uh, mm -hmm. just, um, it's a, yeah, it's absolutely just a gathering and socializing place, which like right now is a lot of people are missing it for that reason. Like they're missing their friend. You know, I get to see my, my friends in town, you know, every day at seven o'clock, you know, or once a week at seven o'clock or every other week. Um, and yeah it's 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 so much i don't know it's there's a there's that saying you know, there's the butcher the baker and the candlestick maker which every town needs and then i think there's the shawa too um <laughs> like <laughs> i mean why there's not the butcher the baker the candlestick maker and the yoga studio over there <laughs> yeah the oh. person puts their leg behind their head and acts you know super strange and talks in tongues that's needed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Every every town does need someone like that. I, yeah. I think that's essential. <laughs> we all yeah. need our our, our like, resident weirdo who uh, who is, <laughs> who's looking into the great beyond and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a place. Yeah, too. Where it's like you know you got your you know your your local nut jobs too, and they need a place to go also. You know, so it's yeah, right. it's sorely needed everywhere. So. If you're wondering, like, should I open up a yoga studio in like my small town? If you know what you're doing, or you think you know what you're doing, and you want to try your hand at it, like, yeah, sure, go for it. Like, yeah, you're just, you're needed, a hundred percent. Just be aware, it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I think starting any business is just like absolutely like it's 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 not easy for anybody. But I like I don't know with you, like, do you see that you know if people starting studios or if someone wants to start a studio, they think it's going to be easy. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> Yoga gets off that air that it's like, Oh, it's so easy. Just like, just, just put up a schedule and it's fine. And that's like, no. <laughs> well, you know, being here in New York city, uh, yoga, yoga is like Starbucks. You know, there's, there's a yoga studio on every corner. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, it, well, actually, you know, yoga used to be like Starbucks. Um, but now, uh, you know, all the gyms have yoga, the health clubs have yoga, a lot of, uh, big residential buildings have, have their own yoga. So it's, it's frankly, it's even tougher than being Starbucks or, you know, now it's like every other, uh, you know, designer coffee purveyor has moved in on your territory, if you right. will. 
So I think that uh, in, in New York, it's, it is particularly hard, and with rent being so high in New York and all that, it is particularly hard to, to start a studio and to really survive or to start a yoga business and, and really survive. Um, I would think that in, in smaller areas, it would, be, it would be a little bit different. Uh, just because you have a population that's more stable in, 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 in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if, if you, if you, if you lose somebody like they're, they ain't coming back and there's like kind of no one replacing them too. So, mm -hmm. and I'm saying that from like yoga and like martial arts background, you know, martial arts studio too. You know, when a lead is gone, it's like, it's not just, there's not like this endless pipeline of people in a smaller right. area. So it's like you really need to make sure that like you take care of yourself and you know the the space that you know that that keeps you and that everything is is going a hundred percent um yeah but you've done it like like and you've taught multiple places and i mean geez it's yeah kind of a, yeah yeah i mean yeah i've i've done it i guess i'm i'm What's the still secret? doing it <laughs> What's the secret? <laughs> the secret is is you is you work yourself until you're just at the verge of going insane. Okay. And then you ever so slightly back off, and then and then you and then you press back towards that insanity barrier, and you do that multiple times for many years, and then eventually you can relax ever so slightly. That's right. That's what you do. And, and I, and honestly, I think that you said the real secret earlier on and, and the big secret to being a success in the, in the yoga industry is being authentic with yourself and, yeah. and teaching what you find authentic. Cause I, I do think it's very easy for even a very novice person in the yoga world to see through people who are teaching something that they themselves have not digested or something that they don't actually believe in right yeah yeah it's very important just I, I think to just say like if you don't know something or like if there's something trending just 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 step away from it and just like not get involved and just just stay to your own path you know or you know, hope, hopefully if you have a teacher, they can point you in the right direction if you've got questions. Um, yeah, that's the big thing too, I think, just maintaining relationships like with, with a teacher. Like, <laughs> yeah, big deal. That, that's huge, you know. I, I think there's a lot, of, um, I don't know, it, it's interesting like with the martial arts community because, or in jiu-jitsu, because you can always track everyone's like lineage with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Tell, tell oh, yeah. That. How's that work? Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's an extremely popular sport or art, whatever you're, you know, you prefer to call it. Um, but it's been just extremely also tight knit since, oh my gosh, I mean, since the beginning. Um, and there's always a way to track where someone came from. So if you run into someone and they don't have, like, you can't track where they came from with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu they're you know it's 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 inauthentic um yeah which i think with uh, ashtanga like it's that was one of the things like i like too where like you could track someone's lineage um and you know i i can't get into like the author you know authorized or certified or mm -hmm. 
talk because obviously I'm neither. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I broke, but I can say, you know, I'm like, which is, which is, is totally future. fine, by the way. Totally, this totally fine. <laughs> um, this is where I go. Like, this is who I learn from, you know? So it's not just like I, you know, with jujitsu, it's like you can't have people just pop out of nowhere and be like, oh, yeah, I got my, you know, black belt, you know, and 10 years ago. And people are like, well, who'd you get it from? And you're like, some guy that doesn't exist, you know? So everything is very, um, very trackable. Everyone's pedigree is, you can look it up. <laughs> I, I like that. I really like that. And, and that actually, that's something I, I would like to see the yoga world do a, a bit better job of. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I remember when I was first becoming a yoga teacher um, and my, my teacher was very insistent that if I were writing a, a bio, you know, for myself, for a yoga studio, that I, I should list my teacher and I should list my teacher's teacher. This was, you know, a very important thing. And, right. And now I see less of that. I see a lot less of that in, you know, when I look at yoga studios and I go into their teacher uh, description sections, their teacher bio sections, um, and even the class description sections, I see less and less of, well, this is who taught me, this is who taught that person, this is who I learned this from. And in the class descriptions, like, this is what we're pulling from, this is what system we're pulling from, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Frankly, I would like to see a lot more than that, uh, more of that. Yeah, heck yeah. I actually never, I don't think I thought about that too much. Yeah, that's a good point. How do we, how do, we, how do you make that happen? <laughs> well, I don't know. You just, you just, I guess you just ask your, your teachers to write it in their bios. It should be that simple. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, even with split offs, like that's okay too. You know, like in the jujitsu oh, world, really? like people split off from their teacher for whatever reason, but that person still, you know, uh, sorry, there's deer in my yard. I was like, whoa, what is that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wasn't I, expecting I am a little jealous looking at looking at your uh, your your porch and your trees in the background and the and the nice sunny sky right now. I can see. Yeah. No, bummed that our uh, our portion of teacher training has to be postponed. Looking forward to having you out here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to coming. Well, we'll it'll, it'll we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um. Well, then let me, uh, let's wrap this up, shall okay. we? And uh, yes. so I'm wrapping it up with four questions. Okay. Um, which, I'm, which I'm basically, you're actually only number two person that I've interviewed. So you are number two person that's getting these questions. So you- Oh, no kidding. You're a pro. Are, which is great. Um, yeah. So here, here they go. Try not to think about them too much. Okay. okay. Just let it like, you know, bounce off your, off your brain. Yeah. Uh, the very first question is, uh, do you want to ask me anything? Uh, no, I, I've picked your brain enough and I'll continue. <laughs> so I won't torture you right now. Perfect. Good. Moving on. What is the best thing about how society practices yoga today? That you're not allowed to be an asshole inside the shala. I think the overwhelming majority <laughs> of the yoga world no matter who you are or whatever, when you enter the space of the, when you enter the Shala studio, whatever you want to call it, you can't be an asshole. That's great. 
I like that. That's perfect. Yeah. What is most lacking about how society practices yoga today? I, I'm going to have to say your your lineage comment from before. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's gotta that's gotta get on it a little bit. Um, yeah, right off the bat, that's what it is. I'm sure there's more, but you said not to think about it, so I won't. <laughs> so basically, uh, not knowing where people are coming from. Yeah, or just you know, just accepting where people come from, like whatever. People cool. can change. Yeah. Um, so where uh, where do you, what do you think that the yoga scape will look like in? 10, 20, or 30 years? Uh, I think it's going to continue to grow. I don't think it's going to slow down. Um, and with what's going on right now, I do think there's going to be a boom in online instruction, mm -hmm. but I also think there's going to be a boom in home practice. I think everyone's going to kind of get back to that, like, you know, How'd you learn yoga before? You you bought, you know, Iyengar's book, Light on Yoga, and you you looked at that and you tried to copy it and you read every word and you you poured over it for a while and you tried to do what he did in the book. And I think that's a lot, how a lot of people used to practice. And I think that's I think that's gonna continue that will have a revival. I think the home practice is going to have a revival. Well, I certainly wouldn't mind if the home practice had a revival. I think that's a very important part of the yes of the yoga so i would love to see people home practicing more often honestly yeah absolutely i i think uh yeah even things on how to design like your own home shala are gonna continue to grow like how to really like make the space mm -hmm. and yeah I, I think that's gonna really really take off and that's awesome great awesome Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for thanks for talking to me. And uh, you. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully, I will be able to see you soon. Yes. Soonish. Who yeah, knows? I just want to pose this point. Another thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. Good. Thank you. See you there. Bye bye. bye.